Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to the program The Spiritual Heart with myself Widah Peterson and it is a beautiful Monday the 12th of Ramadan 1439 corresponding with the 28th of May 2018. I'm Widah Peterson and I'm, I'm your host for the next hour inshallah and uh, if you want to know what this program is all about well you missed out if you didn't tune in last week. Last week we kicked off with the topic of the damaged heart and healing um, the heart with different types of pain and of course hurt and how to deal with this especially within the month of Ramadan. Our guest in studio is none other than Fadwa uh, Buli or Fadwa Hussein <laughs> whichever one is your um, you'd like to choose if you'd like to say Fadwa Buli or who you know as Fadwa Hussein well she's a, ki- a kinesiologist and she's an inspirational person who often deals with these kinds of issues so she's here to give us some insight on this topic inshallah. Assalamu alaikum to you, Fadwa. Alaikum salam, my dad. I hope that you've had a good week. I have. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, you got you safely through the rain. Through the rain again. And through the traffic, alhamdulillah. Shukran for joining us uh, today, uh, Fadwa. I know that you've had, you know, uh, an impulse of, of listeners, you know, asking questions, calling even after the show last week with so many questions. And I think that just shows that, you, you know, that um, everyone is dealing with things, as we said last Absolutely. week, on their own, mm-hmm. trying to to find ways of, of coping and overcoming the hurt or the pain whichever you know is in their lives at the moment. Um, last week we dealt with specific kinds of pain you know um, with the loss of a loved one with illness and I think this week we want to touch you know if just before we we touch on anything just recap you know what what went on last week and where we left things off for those who missed out. Okay so last week we covered the pain the physical pain, spiritual pain, mental pain, emotional pain, energy, and also how to get out of the pain. Right? We also focused a bit on substance abuse and my opinion why people um, turn to drugs when there is a lack of the spiritual um, awareness or the spiritual connection. And then they try and run away from the feeling of pain by using something that will make them forget and help them forget, basically. So um, I got quite a few messages in the week um, to my personal line saying, can you please recap on um, speaking about your experience on Arafah? Because when they switched on the radio, they just heard me saying the last bit. So if I could just recap um, that a bit, and then we can elaborate more on the pain of maybe substance abuse and the mind, um, you know what our minds do to us. So last week I basically told the listeners about my Hajj experience five years ago, alhamdulillah, when I was in Arafah and I felt that um, looking around me and I saw that a lot of people were sitting down with their kitabs and crying and I couldn't feel that I was struggling to find that connection and I'm thought, thinking to myself like, why am I not feeling it? And my dua at the time was, I was speaking to Allah subhanahu and I said, Allah, why am I not feeling you? Um, they promised that the best is yet to come and I'm not feeling it. I'm I'm thinking, why am I not crying and why am I not, why can't I feel you? And within 10 minutes, the blowers went out because we were in the hot tent on Arafah in 50 degree heat and we had these blowers, it's not even like air conditioners, it's like blowing hot air. And there must have been an electric shortage or something and the blowers went out and the tent became so hot but we were sitting, you know, in our positions, we were doing our dhikrs and things. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a person could say, a cool breeze came in like you're sitting at the beach 
and you've come out of the water and the wind is playing and you can feel it's like this coolness. That same type of energy, cool breeze came into the tent which cooled us hujaj down. And that's when I realized this is the mercy and the rahmah of Allah and I could basically feel the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To the point that by the time we were done with the um, the dhikr and the salah and everything, you actually feel light. There's an energy that goes over you. I mean, I had my feeling then where I felt so light and giddy and um, I felt so happy. I reached a point of basically when I spoke on radio, ITV at the time is the sense of euphoria. It was the best ex- explanation that I could have given at the time where you actually feel invincible. This is a space of an energy that you don't feel fearless. At, you actually feel fearless. You don't feel any fear. You just feel light. You feel loved. You feel it's like a feeling of extreme happiness which is euphoric euphoria and that's the connection i made was when a few days later i was four days on this high completely with no substance you know nothing to get me to that space i was on a on such a high that i was laughing and giddy and talking so much and having these goals and dreams and you actually feel like nothing can touch you and when I spoke to my husband, he, I know his comment to me was, I know you can talk a lot, but I had no idea you can talk this much. Like, you know, because I was talking nonstop. I just felt so happy. And when we came home, what happened to me was the minute I stepped home, I crashed. I, I didn't want to see any people around me. All I wanted was just peace and quiet. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to be in this space because I associated that feeling with Makkah and Arafah and Medina. And within with the few days later, I ended up at the doctor because I couldn't stop crying. And I'm sure lots of hujaj can relate to this, where you're crying so much because you want that energy and that feeling, and now you feel disconnected. You come home, and you have to go back into family life. And you're back in the kitchen, you're back with your children, and now you feel like it's a struggle again. You know, when the dhan goes off, it's not as easy as when you're in Makkah. Everything gets put off. You know, and I wanted that feeling back. I used to put on um, Mac on TV and I used to cry and sitting in front of the TV. And then the doctor wanted to put me on antidepressants because she said, no, 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 you're, um, you need antidepressants because you can't be crying like this. And I took the script from her and I refused to go to the chemist because I'm a natural person. I hardly take any medication. And I said, and then it just clicked because I was turned to Allah. I said, Allah, why am I feeling like this? I can't feel like this because I can't just every time go to Makkah to get that feeling. And it just clicked. Um, it's like a message came through and said, I, that feeling is within you. You can tap in it at any time. And that was two weeks after I've come back. And then I realized, as absolutely right, I can tap in this feeling because Allah is within us. I mean, Definitely. in the Quran it says, I breathed of my spirit into you. So then I realized I can actually tap into the feeling anytime. And I snapped out, I really just snapped out of that, that mode. And I, then I started carrying on with bringing that energy back in. And that's when I could relate to the drug addict because me being on a high for the duration of the end of my hajj till I came home and I crashed, I wanted that drug back. And to me, I associated the drug with Makkah. Whereas a drug addict uses a sort of substance for that euphoria that they're seeking. And this, this, the euphoria is basically the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Subhanallah, very inspirational. You know, you, you've touched on the story last week, and I think many people, Hujaj, can relate to this as well. But I think that there's something that all of us can relate to, of course, and that is handing over to Allah, handing over your pain, handing over that particular problem, you know, handing you and putting your trust completely and solely in Allah's hands. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's not always easy, especially for us that likes being in control. Woman, I think you know Woman we, and we have that. In, <laughs> we have that, you know. Uh, I think when you when you a mother, you a wife, you mm. um, you know you you want that security, and you always try to to prevent and to protect everything around you. And so often we forget, you know, yes. that things are up to Allah. Yes, you know, Allah gets the final say. Allah is the one who has decreed for us more than what we could ever imagined subhanallah and i think putting you know handing whatever problems as we have various and different problems each and every house each and every person each and every individual has their own struggles but handing that over you know is so important it creates a different mindset and you know just everything changes once you do that but i'm, I'm not going to um to ask you to comment on that fadwa because mm-hmm. we're going to be taking a short ad break when we come back inshallah we'll uh, we'll continue the conversation and welcome back to the Spiritual Heart on 91.3 FM. My guest in studio is none other than Fadwa Hussain, and uh, she's of course here to speak to us about hurt and pain and of course how we can deal with this. Before the break we were speaking about handing over to Allah Fadwa and how do we deal with that? So by basically, you know when you're in a space of hurt and pain, it's not easy to always hand over. You know sometimes you tell someone else, um, make tajud. But sometimes when you're in the space of pain, because you go through a space of grief, any type of pain you too. So the first one is you go through the shock and then it's denial. From the denial goes to bargaining. After the bargaining it goes into anger, you become angry. Then after anger it goes into depression. From depression you go into acceptance. So not always can you just say in acceptance, yeah I'm handing it over. You can go through between the bargaining part, begging, pleading, Allah, please make this change, the situation. Or you could still go into disbelief and say, no, I'm denial, it's not like that. Because our minds will tell us, especially when it's connected to the ego, minds will tell us stuff we want to hear. It will keep you in the space of not wanting to heal or keep you preventing you from healing, right, in the pain part. Because sometimes the pain works better for us. We feel like the victims, we step into the victimhood. We go into the space where we're blaming everybody else and not looking at ourselves and saying, okay, what did I do wrong in this case? Um, How do I make this better? What is it that this pain is teaching me? Because the pain is there for a reason. The pain is teaching you something. When you are in a space of pain, that means you're not in alignment with your soul. Something is happening. It's telling you it's either physical pain, mental pain, anguish. It's telling you you're not on that path of the connection. When there's pain, there's no connection, basically. Mm-hmm. Not saying there's no connection, but the connection might be a bit weaker because now you're not trusting the process. In this whole quality of life, if you want a good quality of life, you need to trust the process at all times. We need to constantly remind us that this is written for us. Even though free choice um, basically plays a part in it, but you constantly need to remind yourself that this has been written for me. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't written, it would have gone definitely in another path. With to our things can change. 
you know, it can definitely, change. Definitely, definitely. Um, we've also received some SMSs last week that okay. we didn't get to, yes. to answer those questions. There was a, an SMS that came in asking how does one deal with a friend that um, has betrayed has betrayed her and, and she feels as if that is a loss. Okay, so if the feel as the loss is, you know, so it's that's when you can go into victimhood. The blame game is going to start. She did this, I did this, you did that, I said that, right? Um, that is normal in the beginning. That's part of the bargaining. The, bar- the bargaining is going to be where you try to make sense of things. The anger is going to be normal because now you're going to start packing out what the person did, what they said, all the things. You're going to start questioning, um, was this person genuine from the beginning? Why did they betray me like this? Remember this, something that Allah didn't want you guys to continue the friendship. Those things are bound to happen, especially when he's breaking your heart so that you can turn back to him. Mm-hmm. Depends on what the betrayal is, of course. You know, um, there's different sorts and levels mm. of betrayal. Um, but in that case, is Allah's going to break your heart with the ones that you start putting on a pedestal or mm. the ones that you start making a fuss of. Mm. He's going to break your heart with that person because why you're not supposed to become dependent on exactly. anybody. You're supposed to only rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with a friendship, sometimes the one friend uses another one for a crutch. They turn to that friend. I mean, I had a friendship like that where I used to um, take my friend in confidence. And that time, years ago, so I wasn't in the space that I am now. So anything happens, like, what do you do in this case? Mm. Or um, what do you think, you know? And then that friend tends to have the upper hand of you. Once you start asking advice for some too much, they start having that. Then they start controlling you. Right, so you should also start realizing what you're sharing with that friend, certain things you need to keep sacred, mm. and when it comes to business ideas and things, keep it rather to yourself, just keep it yourself because Some valid points, you yeah. know, because sometimes those friends they they turn on you, they go the other way. So, um, you know, I'm a person like this, I'm very open. If you meet me, I will give you ideas. I don't think sometimes I don't think when I speak because why I'm always willing to help the next one. Mm. But to my detriment as well. A good art sometimes gets knocked. I hear what you're saying, Fadua. You know, I think there's various situations, and I think it's that's a kind of hurt that one also sometimes overlooks. And you know, sometimes it gets by, when you least expected, you think that you're over it, and it actually affects you in such a way that it's hard to trust people again. Yes, it is hard. And there was another thing um, I did. I watched this nice video I posted last week. Um, on social media about French friendships. How do you know when the person is? Um, how do you know when the person is a genuine friend, or how do you feel? So there's the friendship that you know. Some friendships are toxic. You can basically say, "I want to be in this person's company, or I don't want to be." Now the toxic person you will avoid at all costs because you know by the time you leave, you're feeling drained. You will avoid that person. So when they send the message, "Oh, I would like to do something with you," you think, "Oh no!" Automatically, your your all your intuition kicks in and says, no, don't do this. You, you Now you're going to feel afterwards. Then there's the one friend that you can't actually tell what type of, how you're going to feel. You know, you you leave the situation and said, but what, did I have a good time? Did I have a, you actually question it. So those are the friendships that you need to really sit still and ask, do I want this energy in my space? It's all about the energy. It's about how you feel by the time you leave. How you're feeling in that situation. Are you watching what you're saying constantly? Are you walking on eggshells? Is this person going to um, bombard you with either personal information questions? How are you feeling? Are you on a defense? Are you 
basically guarding your mouth, your tongue, your heart at all costs, then those are friendships you should be avoiding. Because if you're on eggshells, that means there is the energies inside your body is warning you. It's almost like radar telling you, wait, wait, um, the situation happened before. Be careful here because your body will be warning you. In those cases, then just limit your time spent with the friends. And the best thing is make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your best friend. I think that's part of handing over to Allah yes. subhanahu wa ta'ala and not being in control of, of you know, the situation and trying to deal with things on your own. Um, I want to just mention with all of these problems, they all have a link and it comes back to Allah. Yes, it all comes, it, it comes back to your trust with Allah and building that, that relationship, um, you know, handing things over and believing that Allah will give you the outcome that is best for you, not what you want. Yes. And also, you must remember, friendships doesn't last. It's not that it's not lasting. Mm -hmm. The journey of the friendship on your path for we're all heading the same journey, but everybody's journeys are different. Mm -hmm. It's like starting a race, whether it's a marathon or a cycling race. We're all going to start together, but it doesn't mean we're going to end off together. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people fall off the wayside. Some people go faster. Some people go slower. Sometimes we don't finish the race. But basically, we start together. We don't always end up together. And we're all going on the same journey, and that journey is, is to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one day, inshallah. So, when, when friendships doesn't work out, doesn't mean that you don't have to be nasty or not to speak to the person. Mm. It means that the journey has maybe come to an end. Mm. Maybe that person came to teach you a valuable lesson, or maybe you, you were supposed to teach that person a valuable lesson. Mm. And she learned the lesson, or he learned the lesson, and now they move on again. It doesn't mean that the friendship needs to end off in such a bad way that you do all, like, you know, totally mm. cut the person off. It just means that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended for you to learn or that person to learn has now been learned and now you carry on again. SubhanAllah, beautiful words there, I think, of inspiration and something that we can all learn from. And, you know, um, making Allah the center of your world. And also just believing that, you know, whatever's given to us, be it our children, be it our spouses, be it our parents, you know, they're not ours. Yes. They belong to Allah. And, of course, you know, when Allah separates them through death, through whatever it is, you know, um, that it goes back, to, it comes back to Allah's plan for us. And then last week a person um, sent in a message relating to getting divorced and she said that this her husband married a much younger person and she was left with five children and then I got a message from one of my clients and she said please can you read out this message in the in the studio next week because she said that I am she basically wanted to tell this listener that she has been married three times this is a fourth marriage and she suffered from abuse and she's got four children later. So what she did was she never gave up. She kept on asking Allah to send her the right person. Today, Alhamdulillah, she's married to a wonderful man. And she said through all that hurt, all the abuse, all the pain and thinking who is going to take her with four children. She married a man who accepted her with the four children who came from three other men. And she said today she's happily married and she wanted me to relay that message to the person who, who sent a message in last week um, that said her husband left her for someone else. So you know what you do, uh, uh, the woman that sent the message in, you keep on making dua. It's like that one, um, I'm sure it was a story, but it's one of the Sahabas. He passed away in, in war and in battle 
and the wife made dua to Allah to send someone much better than her spouse and she ended up marrying the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so that's the dua you must make Allah please send me someone much better than my spouse who's going to make me happy and be and help me um, remain in the Allah consciousness that's the most important thing you know somebody who's going to be good for my deen good for my children good for my livelihood just like the istikhara dua make it in that prayer that you're making Mm-hmm. And inshallah, um, Allah will answer your prayers inshallah. Fadwa, beautiful words there and I'm sure the listeners are enjoying the program. Don't forget that the listeners are able to SMS us or WhatsApp us their questions, their comments on 47913, the SMS line, the WhatsApp line and 0722380712. And uh, just after the break, inshallah, we'll be having a short ad break. When we come back, we'll take those questions on the SMS and on the WhatsApp line right after this. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the spiritual heart and of course uh, that is with my guest in studio that is Fadwa and she's speaking to us about how to mend this heart and how to repair this heart in other words before the break you know we spoke about handing things over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I'm just going to go through a few of the messages that have come through it says assalamu alaikum I'm listening to your program what a nice topic I would like to know if you are in a marriage for 30 years and your husband was first on drugs now he's on uh, now he's drinking is that what Allah put out for you is it a test or must I go for a talaq in um, I'm very confused uh, shukran and uh, that is from a listen a listener fadwa sure that's a I can't advise on that one I can't tell if you should go for the talaq or not but what I can do is suggest to her that Allah is throwing this back at her and ask her to check within herself where is her self-worth because first of all he's drugging right and he's choosing drinking both is not allowed in Islam. In Islam, we are basically asked and uh, basically guided in the Quran to stay at our full senses at all times. So being on drugs is you're not at your full senses at all times. And being at drinking, the same, um, you're not in your full senses at all times. So obviously it's going to alter his behavior patterns. I commend you that you actually stayed in a marriage for so long, first of all. Secondly is, you need to ask yourself, what is it that you want? Do you want this behavior? Do you want to teach this behavior to your children if you do have any children? Um, I always come down to when it comes to spouses and, and children and they're not living on the on the path, on the basically path as a believer. I can't and a straight path, right? My question is to you, do you choose your spouse over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do you choose that child over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Look at Nabi Nuh. He basically told his son to come with him and his son refused. He said he's going on the highest mountain, right? And um, it was hard, must have been so heartbreaking for him that as the ark took off, his son was on the highest mountain but was still washed out. Um, that is choosing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over everything and everyone else. When you start looking within and asking yourself, what do you want? Those answers to those questions that you're asking me will get clearer to you. But when you're asking it with an attachment, 
you are attaching yourself to that question to your husband in the 30 years of marriage you're not going to get that clear answer you need to go within now in the month of ramadan is perfect to go within to ask yourself what do you want 30 years of substance abuse of your spouse is a hard one to answer but only you will know the answer because the answers are all within you and this is where you're going to need to tap into allah's energy and allah's mercy to ask him to guide you and this is where istikhara comes in and also tajud comes in to ask what is the direction you should take regarding this marriage the only dua you can make for your your spouse is for Allah to um, heal your husband's hurt and pain that he's using those substances to actually avoid because with um, with any substance abuse they are in fear mode running away from the pain that they're wanting to forget um, Fadwa, you know, that's it's such a common question, um, you know, divorce and dealing, um, you know, is this a decision that you want to make? Is this the right decision? But I think ultimately we turn to Allah and we ask Allah for the signs and the guidance, you know, Absolutely. that of course is our first step in connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because remember, things happen and things are put in your path to make you stronger mm-hmm. and most um, importantly to, to bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, you know, I mean, being put up for 30 years with a man, you know, who's been in this position there's a lesson to have learned you know i've learned by this and and she needs to look for that lesson yes. and ask and how allah. much more of this is she, is she going to take yes. basically and ask allah because automatically with turning towards allah you'll find that strength you'll yes. find your and answer you'll find the comfort in knowing that this is the right decision for me so to that sister i'd just like to say you know that of course is the first step that we should take absolutely then we've got another message here that says assalamualaikum um how do i help my partner whose love tank is empty um how do i tap into how do i how do i tap into myself or yourself you you don't tap into his love tank (laughs) you tap into your own and how you do that is i was i mentioned this i think last week i mentioned i was watching the movie the war room which is quite a profound uh, movie to watch it's like a biblical type of movie because i mentioned god quite a lot in the movie and uh, basically for you to tap into your your husband's heart basically all you need to do is make two rakats what um tajud i my, that's my favorite and you ask allah to fill his heart with love again simple so you don't try and change him you take that whatever your pain is you take it to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you say allah please perform a miracle for me and help me in this regard and help my husband's eyes open and put that softness back in his heart for me Subhanallah, beautiful. Um, I think these questions are, you can learn something, whether you're not yes. in that position, it's something you can learn Absolutely. from, you know, and that is why, you know, we want to urge those listeners to send through your questions if we're not able to answer them today, we've only got three minutes left, but we'll be able to answer them tomorrow, inshallah. We're only on, uh, this program is only running on a Monday and a Tuesday for the month of Ramadan, so, you know, if you have any questions with regards to what, what we're speaking about today, or even any comments or positive yes. affirmations that you'd like to share, or positive stories about yourself that you'd like to share with the listeners um, just to inspire one another um, Fadwa I know we're quickly running out of time just in conclusion you know what would you just like to say to the listeners to leave them with today inshallah so I went to Sheikh Ali Kalfi's uh, when launch of his book and something I learned very profound from him was for 40 days is a Sufi practice where you actually make you get up for Tajud for 40 days consecutive days and I know it's impossible for women to do this but um, my what I do is in the days 
you I can't, I just wake up at that time and I make dua in that time. So you can actually sit up in bed and make the dua. You can make your own dhikrs in that time. You pray for the person. You make dua for the person who's caused you the pain. You dedicate that uh, two rakats for the person who has hurt you. So the more you pray for someone else, Malaika say, Amin, those prayers go for you. So you must remember, always say this, any thought in your mind, whether it's negative or positive, the Malaika say, Amin, and it will be granted. So you need to make sure of what you are thinking, right? Any thought in your mind is a dua, whether negative or positive. So whatever you're thinking about, you will attract, you'll bring about. So the more you think about it, the more you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more you'll get in return. Allah says this in the Quran. The more you're grateful to me, the more you thank me, I will give you more. So you need to make to offer the person who has hurt you. Um, you have to make to offer the ones that you would like to see healing. So you make the to ask for the for the next person. Like I was, um, you know, uh, my kids go to school and then sometimes you drive out to the car, like the driveway at the school, and then you see these beautiful cars, like, I mean, um, these, you see Ferraris, you see these these top class cars, and then what am I doing? I like, um, like I don't think, why could I have one of those? I say, Allah, please grant them more with happiness, inshallah. Because my mind is always saying that the du'a you make for others will come back to you tenfold. So the du'a you make for others, you must be careful what du'as you're making and for who you're making it because it's going to fall back on you. So always make the positive and good du'as for someone out there. Another message, uh, I think we have a chance at some one minute left just to, um, you know, give that message or I think rather just leave it for next for tomorrow mm-hmm. so we can go more in detail and give the correct answer, inshallah. I'll try and forward all of these questions to you, Fadwa, okay. so we can deal with them tomorrow again, inshallah. Shukran inshallah. so much for joining uh-huh. us today. To the listeners out there, we'll be back tomorrow again between 12 and 1, um, you know, uh, doing the same program. It's called The Spiritual Heart. And uh, Fadwa, if you'd just like to quickly share your details with the listeners. Okay, my contact number is 082-744-3232. I repeat, 082-744-3232. Please, listeners, if you do add me to your contact, don't send me all this chain mail and all these videos because I use my my phone uh, proper WhatsApp etiquette. Ask the person if you can add them because I've been getting an inbox of um, chain mail and, and all these photos and good morning stuff and it does take up all your data and wi-fi and stuff like that so please just be mindful when you do it's for business only and for um information regarding the consultations shukran so much to you and to the listeners we hope that you have a lovely day further inshallah we'll be back tomorrow from myself with our peterson abadio assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh